at that point, like if I'm if I'm Marv, I'm like, look, this kid's a sniper with bricks. Like, <laughs> this isn't worth it, dude. Welcome to the What's Our Verdict podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-hosts, Mats and Heiner. Better red than dead. Javier Ortiz. Whoa, 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 whoa. What is up, my nerds? And Ian Anderson. Some shit. Come on, Ian. <laughs> I love it. Not conforming to your non-conforming sounds. Not to mention, his would sound terrible in audio. It's like some shit. Like a snake. Yeah. Him lagging. <laughs> he's not. Thankfully, he's not. All right. Do you ever find yourself wondering if you should spend the time, money, or both on a movie? We're here to answer that question for you. Each week, we put a movie on trial, discuss the facts, pass judgment, let you know our verdict. This week, we're bringing back our arbitration series where we compare two similar movies based on shared topics and let you know which one we think did it better. We appreciate your help growing the podcast by hitting that follow or subscribe button. Tell a friend about us. Go check out our website, whatsourverdict.com, and subscribe to our email list there for exclusive content and updates. This is our special. Special holiday edition in which we're comparing Home Alone and Home Alone 2. They were released on November 16th, 1990 and November 20th, 1992, respectively. They were both written by John Hughes and directed by Chris Columbus. They starred Macaulay Culkin, Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern, Catherine O'Hara, John Hurd, Roberts Blossom, Brenda Fricker, and Tim Curry. Home Alone is about an eight-year-old troublemaker who must protect his house from a pair of burglars when he's accidentally left home alone by his family during Christmas vacation. Home Alone 2 is set one year after Kevin was left home alone and had to defeat a pair of bumbling burglars. He accidentally finds himself stranded in New York City, and the same criminals are not too far behind. If you haven't seen these movies, shame on you. But if you won't have it and you want to avoid spoilers... Go ahead and pause here. Go check these movies out. Come back, pick up where you left off. Once you've watched, join us for spoilers because we're about to spoil the shit out of this thing. So hang out if you don't care about them. We're going to be comparing these two movies on the following topics. First being the Kevin scream moments. They're great. Which story was more believable or in reality, which story was easier to apply the suspension of disbelief to? The one-liners, then the scary person that Kevin later befriends, and finally the traps. So let's Let's jump right in, guys. The Kevin scream moments. Like, first of all, these are like the, to me, the the standard by which these movies are set, right? So these are the things that are throughout this movie from beginning to end in both of the Kevin scream moments. Which ones were your guys' favorites? Or nobody liked any of them. I don't remember <laughs> when he oh, I, do. I mean, I'm, the easiest one to remember that comes readily available. Javier hates these movies, so we should have included him. I but, don't hate um, these movies. I enjoy Home Alone yeah, whatever. 1. Um, <laughs> the second one so, an hour and a half into this fucking movie, if and you no Alone has happened. Yeah, that's why you got to get to the end. It's like all Christmas movies. They're not very good till the end. But in both 1 and 2, he has the bathroom scenes where he puts mm-hmm. the, the aftershave on. And he's like, wash up and pop me. And then, dude, I don't know, like he had a yell, a scream coach or something. One of the he's he's got an awesome movie yell. He and Daniel Stern right up there with each other because the, the the actor Daniel Stern that plays Marv, his like high pitched scream, especially yeah. in the first one, it's quite good. I also liked when he's in front of Duncan's toy chest and they find him and put their hands on him, Marv and Harry, and then he just belts out like mm-hmm. so everyone sees her like and everyone's like, "This is a kid with two people he doesn't know," and it's uh, obviously that would work completely. Oh yeah, he, like zooms out and all these people are like. <laughs> <laughs> It's such a loud yell. 
I always laugh at the one where he puts the, the aftershave on because unless he's shaving, like fake shaving with like an actual razor blade, it's not going to hurt. The reason that aftershave hurts is because it's got alcohol in it. And when you shave, you give yourself a bunch of micro abrasions. So the alcohol gets into the burns and actually the cuts and actually hurts. So I've always wondered, I, I guess I've never paid attention to if he was actually using a blade to shave. And if he did, he's the greatest shaving eight year old ever. <laughs> Cause I'm no cuts. I'm 40 <laughs> years old and I still hack my face up like a freaking piece of beef when I shave. So, which is most of the time, the reason I still have a beard all the time. Yeah, dude, I stopped like razor shaving years ago. I just got one of those electric ones. Yeah. I got real tired of cutting myself <laughs> and getting razor rash. See, and I can't use <laughs> the electric razors. Yeah, that's me too. And I just quit shaving altogether. <laughs> my problem was, is I those electric razors underneath my neck, if I use them, no matter what it looks like a cat attacked me under my neck so i can't use those because for some reason this, this hair under my chin it's like so sensitive so it literally looks like a cat just went to town underneath my neck i also like kevin's mom in oh. both movies she has a pretty good yell too mm-hmm. on the on the plane and yeah <laughs> <laughs> I just love that both of them are moments where like she has to work through like this series of things that like her and the dad in the first one are like, what did we forget? Well, did you turn off the coffee? Did you? And they go through this list of stuff. It's the garage. All of, that yeah, it's the garage door. That's it. Well, no, that's not it. And I love that it, your child is the last thing that you think of. <laughs> especially since, well, in the second movie, especially since a year ago you yeah. forgot your kid right so that should be at the very top of your list yeah hey they repressed it they didn't think it could happen again what terrible parents <laughs> <laughs> it is a great moment in two though when they're sitting with that weird cop and they're telling him like yeah this happened before <laughs> yeah what, whatever he asked was yeah like if he's ever been in that situation before yeah, has he ever been left alone before and the mom's like no that's like <laughs> well <laughs> <laughs> seems to be a McAllister Christmas tradition. And then they have that like fake painful laugh and you're like, yeah, it's not funny. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. No, I, yeah. Kevin's also, not that we were supposed to talk about, this, I love that in the second movie when that French lady's on the telephone and the mom just, they just bully her right off that phone. Yeah. She's like, nope. Oh. Sorry, screw you. We're American taking over. She like leaves the phone off the hook for the first little while and then goes to call and she's like, huh? And you hear the lady in French going off. She, oh, she'll have to call you back and just hang. <laughs> it's because any other like country would, would, wouldn't let us do that. Of course, it's the French. Such yeah. pushovers. Yeah, geez. So we've kind of mentioned it before, but let's talk about, so which movie between the two is easier to apply the suspension of disbelief or quote unquote is more believable? Matt and I talked about this a little bit because we watched the first half of the second one together, right? Mm -hmm. So Matt's made a very good point that in the second movie, it's more believable how they got separated, right? Because in the first movie, the whole family gets onto a onto a plane, you have to have like your little boarding cards, right? So when you get to that point, the mom would have been like, oh, I have an extra ticket. Where are all my kids? Oh, Kevin's not here. You know, whatever. But in the second one, he like chases the wrong... He Kevin has his own ticket, chases someone who looks like his dad, runs into the boarding lady, spills a bunch of boarding cards everywhere. And like that, I would agree with Madsen is more believable, right? Especially in what, what is this, the late 80s, early 90s, like pre 9 
Yeah. People are stupid back then. Yeah. yeah. So there is, I agree with you. I agree with that sentiment completely. Like it's harder. It's less difficult for me to believe what happens, how he gets separated in the second one, other than the convenience of the red scarf, brown overcoat at the right. exact time. <laughs> there was a glitch in the matrix, dude. Yeah. Like, that's what that hey, there wasn't as many clothing suppliers back then. Like you went to JCPenney or Macy's or Sears. Like, yeah, come on. Fair enough. But I would have liked to have seen and I can see that, but I would have liked to have seen like maybe six guys with brown overcoats than just two, and they both go separate directions. Huh. You know, but that's that's nitpicky, right? But I will tell you, in the first one, there is a reason that they didn't have the extra airline ticket. This is a little known fact because you have to be stupid and go back. And I didn't do this, but someone online did. In the garbage, when he spills all the milk yeah, or whatever, else, they throw it away. They throw Kevin's mm-hmm. boarding pass away. Oh, if that's you, why they show that. I always yeah, wonder that. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. It's really good spill choreography. Whoever set that up. Yep, that's why they show that long cut on the garbage can because his boarding pass is sitting in there. So that's why they didn't have an extra one. And then the head count with the little kid that's the neighbor going through their shit on the van Mm -hmm. passes the head count. So both, I mean, I could see both being a little weird, but let me ask you guys this before we get too much into this believable because there's some parts in part two that I want to talk about. But have any of you guys been left by your parents anywhere like this? Yeah, I got nothing close to that, but I got left at my older, sibling is the high school which is like Mm. almost a mile from my house and I didn't know where they were I knew how to get home and I got myself home but I had to go through like the woods and was crying and at the cross the street I think I was like seven or eight did you run into like a pigeon lady I I didn't run into that freaking pigeon lady because I think I would have like just that would have been that would have been it for me I would have been scarred for life don't come back from that I know we're gonna get there but that that scene where she just like lifts her head up and like you see her hat with like a pigeon on it i'm like holy crap like her people skills are are, are wanting you know <laughs> i wonder why yeah. Jeez. i asked that because i got left when i was a kid i don't remember how old i was but when i think i was like 10 right before we moved so i was born in ohio lived there for the first 11 years of my life and then we moved to Kentucky. Well, once we moved to Kentucky, my parents and my grandparents went in on an RV together. So they would, my grandparents would drive to Kentucky and then we would all pile up and drive to Utah to visit my aunt and uncle and my cousins that were out here when we were living back East. And one of the times when we were traveling back East, I, I couldn't have been more than 12 years old because we were, I was, 11 when I moved to Kentucky. I think I might have been a little younger than that because they got the RV just before we moved to Kentucky. So nine or 10 years old, we were driving across country and we stopped at a a rest stop and I had gotten out and we'd all did our business. And then I was looking at the, I remember I was looking at the, they always have the vending machines at the rest stops, you know, they, all my family, my grandma, grandpa, my sister, my mom and dad all pile into this freaking RV and leave me (laughs) rest stop. And so I'm like, where the hell is it? So I go walking out going, Oh, I better go. And then I walk out and my RV's gone. And I know my, they're gone because this RV was like custom painted. My grandma and grandpa were like, really funny that way so it had like the tire thing on the back the spare tire holder had like the crowder Mm -hmm. gang painted on it had like these custom stripes and my grandpa really liked so i mean i walked out and it's gone and i'm like in the middle like i'm in iowa (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, it's like in the middle of freaking nowhere, losing my mind. And I was there for like half an hour before they realized they left me and turned around and came back. <laughs> amazing because they thought i had climbed up it was one of those rvs that had like the over the driver bed thing Mm -hmm. and i always just climbed right up there and hung out up there and so they thought that i was just up there i'd have been so pissed if it had been like an hour or two and you're like are you telling me we left jj back there like yeah Yeah. he's disposable right like gas is money (laughs) hey back then gas was like 89 cents a gallon so you can't use that excuse so that says a lot right yeah (laughs) so so when we're shut up so when we're talking about when we're talking about realistic or believability i have a real hard time with part two because there's a lot of especially and we're going to talk about the traps but there's things in part two first of all they're not going to let this kid i don't care how good his little story is and i realize that the the funniness of tim curry and getting beat up and all that shit in the hotel they're not going to let him in that room there's no way even back in the 90s they're not going to let him in that room so it was very interesting to me that that part really bothered me and the whole story half the story hinges on him being in this hotel in new york is that just because it's the plaza hotel or are you saying for like any hotel i mean i wouldn't say any hotel i'm sure there's like a little podunk motel somewhere on the corner that would you know motor card you yeah i'm sure they'd let him in but the most hotels like require id and credit card even back then like you had to prove you were who you were they're not just gonna let some dude first of all you drop some kid off and i realized the 90s were different because i grew up then i was a very similar age to this kid in these movies so but I, I can't say that I believe that I would have been able to walk up to a hotel counter and say, oh, my dad's left me off to work and here's his credit card and the reservation put me in this hotel room. But you know he's I mean? not a normal kid, though. A year ago, he was fighting burglars. and Now he's just making a hotel reservation. Yeah. Dude, confidence yeah. is key, man. I, I know it, that I just had a hard time with that. That believability wrecked me. But I did like the credit card believability because back then they showed the like yeah. they ran the thing over it and they wouldn't have found that out it was stolen for a couple of days and they wouldn't have been able to trace it whereas today it would have been in like instantaneous or they were just found as iphone true very true well there's no way in hell today that they'd let a kid check into a hotel without his but the believability of of number one that always annoys me with the cops when he just like knocks on it and he's like there's no one home like you'd think a a cop would have done a little bit more to be like no that's about my expectation for (laughs) Yeah. Mine is Javier hating the police. I think they would have done a little more. I don't hate the police. I just regard them very, very little, you know. I think back in the 90s, like 1990 in a, in a what would be considered a safe neighborhood. I mean, that's one of the things that, that Buzz says, which is one of my one-liners to talk about, is that they live in a very boring neighborhood. It's obviously a very affluent neighborhood. So I could see the cop going, nobody's here. They don't need to worry about. But it being a kid in danger, I could see where Matt's is coming from too. Like for a kid, you'd at least maybe knock on all the doors instead of just one. Yeah. I, it's hard to expect police officers to like do their job, you know, thoroughly. So I'm, I'm with you, JJ. <laughs> well, also the believability and we'll talk again, we'll talk about the traps and specifics when we get there, but man, most of these traps throughout both movies, Marvin and what's his face would be dead. Oh yeah. yeah dude. Of course. Are we even debating that? Or you die. 
<laughs> I'm just saying, like, when it comes to believability, you have to pull in the fact that the first oh. one I can get away with, right? Like, I can, but the second one, the bricks to the head, Marv's toast. <laughs> yeah. From like four stories up. First of all, Kevin, what a great shot. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't, I don't think I could hit someone in the head with a yeah. brick four stories up. First I don't think try. I could hit somebody in the brick first try, like 10 feet away. I know. I'm like, what a what a baller. At that point, like if I'm if I'm Marv, I'm like, look, this kid's a sniper with bricks. Like, <laughs> this isn't worth it, dude. Like, well, the amount of bricks that he's got on the roof, why would you leave? Like <laughs> Right. He's got like 20 bricks. I mean, <laughs> the other one that really gets me is the heavy oh, the toolbox pipe. The pipe, oh, the, the pipe. heavy, yeah, the, why can I not think of the word, but the toilet pipe, basically, that big freaking ceramic giant pipe that swings on the stairs. They don't have heads at that point. <laughs> anyway, I don't want to get too far into traps because you know, that'll be the fun. So I will say, like, believability wise, I like the first movie better because he's home alone and his people are trying to break into his house, right? So yeah. he's trying to defend his house and himself. I feel like in the second movie, he's just kind of like looking for trouble. He's like, oh, look at these guys out of prison. I'm going to fuck them up. Yeah. Um, like he goes to the toy store because he knows that they're going to be there at midnight just to like screw with them, right? Yeah. So well, he, he needed somewhere to be because otherwise he was going to be in Central Park with a bunch of crazy people. Well, and he was, the seed was Pigeon planted lady. by Pigeon Lady because she told him, you got to you gotta do one good deed on Christmas Eve and it'll make up for all the shitty things you did. <laughs> Which yeah, it's like, like kills two people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I know just the thing. Oh, God. Yeah, it. For sure. Number one's more believable, but that's like any good sequel. True. I mean, John Wick got exponentially better at killing bad guys even more efficiently than he did at number one. That's fair. I will say John Wick 2 is my favorite of those, though. So <laughs> the sequel is I think better than the original. So unpopular opinion. Nobody cares. That's a debate wow. for another day. Let's talk about the one-liners in this movie. It is ch- these movies. They it is chalk full of them. What are some of your guys' favorites? Look what you did, you little jerk. Seriously, like the whole opening <laughs> sequence is like, let's beat the shit out of this little eight-year-old mentally and verbally and emotionally. <laughs> Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. And a happy new year. <laughs> I do I do like in the second one where he's making a, his escape and he comes back through to say the line and he leaves. And he comes back in to say a happy new year and make that little like half smirk face and then ran, runs out. It's good dude. stuff. I love with that that the first one is called Angels with Filthy Souls and then the next one's called Angels with Even Filthier Souls. And I looked it up. I told Javier, like both of those, they're not real movies. I wish they were because I'd probably watch both of them. It's like John Wick when he gets old and cranky. <laughs> I, well, and I love what he uses the movie for. Like when he messes with the pizza guy, dude, like that's one of the funniest moments in all of movie history, in my opinion. Like, you got, like the cherry bombs. Yeah, like I don't I don't find like most of the slapstick that overly humorous in this movie. Like I laugh, but that moment to me, like is so genius. Mm-hmm. The way it plays out, like I just wish I was that smart. Like I'm like, I'm going to use this movie, play it really loud and fuck with the pizza guy. <laughs> so they try to do that again again in the second movie right and i just didn't like it as much with like the concierge and all of them i I like it in the second one but the first i like the in the first one with marv when he oh yeah that's when they put the firecrackers in but he comes he gets back in the car with harry he's like someone just got blown away 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that part. What and I love that he believes so it, distraught. And he like, believes it so fully that they do a stakeout yeah. of the house to find out who yeah. it is that killed who so they can use it to stay out of prison. Like, I'm like, what? They're so stupid. I just that lied. Of, Someone just got blown away. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> what I love when Marv's laying there or when Harry's oh, laying gosh. there the tarantula, and he's just like, Marv or Harry, don't move and he just keeps saying it move and harry's like marv marv what are you doing marv and then he hits him and he's like did i get it did i get it and he keeps touching his face it's like no it didn't splash up on you like what i love it's just like he gets immediately up i'm like there's some crushed ribs and probably a punctured lung he swings that thing so hard so yeah funny. we should test that out on javier to see how realistic that is i like that okay but only if we can test out getting a doorknob with an m on it and then branding your hand with it. Mythbusters did that. It wouldn't happen. Yeah, you're going to need something mm-hmm. hotter than that that iron. It doesn't transfer through. Oh, we can get something hotter. It would catch on fire. You'd have, Yeah, you'd have to blowtorch it. There was somebody that just recently did it too. Another one that wasn't Mythbusters, but like they had to blowtorch it for like 45 minutes and the inside of the door caught fire before it actually got hot enough that it would actually brand. <laughs> like you couldn't see the, the other side of the door handle wasn't red. Like it was hot. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't red. Uh-huh. So it wouldn't, yeah. Uh, well, it wouldn't. Take away a point for believability then. Yeah. <laughs> What's our, what, are, is our next topic traps yet? No. No, let, what, let, it's the scary persons that Kevin uh, later befriends. Let's get through this. Dude, you yeah. would think that Kevin would stop judging people after the first movie. You know? Well, I did like that in the second one, like he, instead of having to be forced, because like in the first one, the old man, the old neighbor has to come up to him in the church after he's in like, he's hit rock bottom, right? Like he and knows the are coming. And then he comes up to him in the church and they sit down and start chatting. So he's kind of forced into it. With the pigeon lady, he runs away like an idiot, screaming, and then decides. No, you know what? I'm going to go back. So I think he did Sorry, learn his lesson. Yeah. So I mean, I think he learned his lesson. He's a growing, maturing boy mm-hmm. from his experiences with scary people. That's fair. I and will he, say I love the part in the drugstore when the old man slaps his cut hand down on the counter mm-hmm. and Kevin just slinks away with the toothbrush. You think of like Disturbia. When he gets oh. home and he's like, I'm a criminal. I stole a toothbrush. <laughs> oh, I can't stand the pigeon lady. I can't stand when they have like their sentimental moment above the orchestra. I just want to like they had to follow the same pattern as the first one I like the church one more in the first one because it I don't know it just wasn't as long homeless because someone broke up with you that's a series of events that I did not comprehend hey let's like my shameless plug for mental health here Javier let's be sensitive well that's the thing if they if they told me like she has a mental disorder, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Most people who are homeless have like some sort of mental illness. But no, she's like, I got my heart broken. They didn't, Stop trusting. They didn't believe people. in those in the nineties. Yeah, they're still like chaining people up in basements and electrocuting them in the nineties. <laughs> You're not far off. About the only thing that they had in in the nineties that they were willing to talk about openly was like ADHD, and then back then it was just ADD. Oh, and did then- I tell you guys I got an Adderall prescription because I'm crazy? Because like, yeah, yeah. Oh. I don't know if you guys knew that. Yeah, about we know. And now everyone knows that about me. They tried to prescribe me Ritalin when I was a kid. And my mom's like, mm, no. And I, now I'm like, life would have been so much easier for you if you did just pump me full of Ritalin. I, just- I know. I'm like, I would have 
done great at college if I knew Adderall was an option. It's quite crazy. Here, let's give you speed to calm you down. I will say this. I expected more for it to be like limitless with Bradley Cooper, where like everything gets brighter and I like can write a novel overnight. And it turns out that that happens to normal people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who take Adderall yeah anyway. yeah you and I we take Adderall and we just kind of go oh this is what normal feels like yeah, I'm like oh, okay I can write three emails in a row this is awesome <laughs> yeah. I can focus on one thing for longer than 30 seconds yeah this is great I, I don't even know where my phone is incredible feeling <laughs> yeah so I mean I I like the moments I like both of them I don't like the the bird lady as much because it felt forced just to have it just like they did in the first one but I really like the old man in the first one yeah I like them I think the only thing I don't like about the first one as far as that is the going to the believability is the old man saves him in the first one and then just goes here go back home alone yeah <laughs> like, yeah wait what <laughs> That seems the old man was too busy murdering someone in his house. Fair enough. So I can have the kid there. That's true. That's true. All right. Let's talk about the traps then. Yes. They would all kill Marv and Harry would be dead like 12 times over. Not in the first one. I don't think they would have died at all. All the paint cans, dude. The same guys that did the the heated door handle. They did one of those those ballistic dummies that they have now that's Uh, got like the mm -hmm. actual bone structures and all that. It pretty much one paint can that was half full. They didn't even have a full paint can. It was half full. Pretty much broke his head off. broke his nose broke his jaw like his head and they show the slow-mo the back of his head touched his back like that's i was like damn (laughs) yeah i'll have to find the video but like recently Uh, these guys did that trap the the flaming one and then i think they did the torch i don't remember which one they did but they were did three of the traps and that all three of them Two of them, they're dead. One of them, they just have like third degree burns, which Harry does a really good job of managing the rest of his night with third degree burns in his, in his hand. Oh, that'd be horrific. Yeah. My, my my favorite, most believable prank, I mean, it's not believable that the window's open, but Marv's like, the window's are he's like, oh, I can just come through there. And I love that he looks through, but doesn't look down because yeah. I've done that before and I could find myself do that potentially. But the way he, the aggressiveness, he just plants his feet down. Yeah. Dude, those type of ornaments my goodness that would be so painful and i just like it's every time that like i don't laugh at a lot of these all the time but that one still no matter what it just makes me laugh because of the sheer force he hits those with oh yeah yeah dude this is just die hard in a house you know (laughs) without the blood thinking that the whole time One of the other ones that, I mean, they would surely would die is like the 80 pound or 100 pound bag of cement, which is ingenious because you wouldn't be able to like pull it and be like, oh, I'm good. And then you're like, yeah, dude, that would have just like you would have folded like an accordion. Dude, I know a guy in high school who was a big soccer player and he was going to go play in college, but he dropped one of those bags on his foot and had to amputate his small toe, like his pinky toe. How high did it fall from? I guess he like was pulling out of a truck or something. And it just Ooh, fell all it took. Apparently. So it damaged his foot so badly they had to amputate his little toe. And then he like couldn't play soccer really after yeah. that. Jeez. Like crazy. That's those stuff. That's yeah, it's no joke. <laughs> oh yeah well and in the second movie like they're not just dead they're like disfigured and maimed and, and like they're piles of mush dude just the bricks alone daniel stern has no face like <laughs> he's, 
Yeah, and it leaves like a little red mark, like yeah. across the forehead. I'm like, nah. And then he gets crushed by the freaking hundred pound bag of cement from like. Oh wait, we skipped the the part. There's one of the only believable pranks in number two is the staple gun. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> except the only problem I have with that one is like that's a three inch door or a two inch door that that staples got to go through all the way and then I don't plug think it in with that truck. type of force. Probably not. I don't think. I mean, it's funny. The slow mo is really funny to me. Oh yeah, no, I I enjoy that prank, but. Uh, Again, it wouldn't the, the staple wouldn't actually go through the door with enough force to go in here. I thought it was going through like the keyhole or something. I'd have to go back and rewatch it. Might I, think go it through was, the... I don't think it's it's not going through the door. There's no way they think we're that dumb. I feel like it's already going through an opening. <laughs> Is it going through the mail slot? Maybe that'd be the only thing. That's what I think, but till next year. Yeah, I'll have to look. Though my favorite one is the BB gun. Like oh. through, like in the first one, like where he shoots Harry with it. Because I've been oh, shot like through by the meal slot, right? Yeah. Where he's just like waiting on the other side with his yeah. like red rider. <laughs> so they, they have the dog door, so he shoots oh, Harry dog. with it, and then Marv finally puts his face through the dog door, and he's just sitting there <laughs> waiting for him, and he's like, "Hi." <laughs> And then shoot him <laughs> right in the forehead. Dude, that would hurt so oh, bad. Dude, I've been shot in the hand with a BB gun and it hurts. Plastic BBs hurt from like airsoft guns. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the uh, kerosene rope because I feel like it's like pick your poison. You can stay on this rope and get burned or you can jump all the way down. Who would stick a rope in kerosene? <laughs> I do love that it took him the whole way down. Like they're halfway down. He's like, Harry, what's that smell? (laughs) I feel like Harry knew going down and still decided to go. I feel like you would make that connection. Like, huh, maybe this is a good idea. Not to mention this kid's smart enough that the last time you have to climb a rope a year ago, he snipped it on you from his freaking tree house. Oh, yeah. I do like that one too. The funniest one for me to watch is just the two icy stairs. Like the first one, like where they just can't get up the stairs, they keep going. And so Harry's going up the front stairs and ends up like falling like three times. And then Marv's trying to go down the basement stairs and he finally has to like get up and like slide his feet into the sides of the stairwell. Like that's like 10 minutes of pure laughter to, for me because I've been like not to that extreme, but I've slipped on ice so many times and like try to save yourself and you end up on your ass or you end up like doing like the whole thing. He like electrify the hand things too so like they're slipping that's a number that's a number that's two, number two. Like oh, so marv goes to wash all the paint off after that paint stand falls on him right. which i hate Wait, that part can we rewind to that part like yeah. so he's slipping on the green slime right that's what we're talking about and then yeah. he falls and then is rocket launched yeah to that paint stand I I am not a good student or a physicist but I'm pretty sure that doesn't happen that that house would have to be at like a 90 degree (laughs) (laughs) hey that green stuff is some serious lubricant well not to mention right after that he gets up and grabs a hold of the wash bin and gets electrocuted which but then it turns him like into a skull as he's screaming like all you see (laughs) (laughs) and the amount of vaults that they're pumping through him with that freaking arc welder box he's like dead six times over of course he turned to do a skeleton but then yeah. back. and then the best part of the, he's like walking and he's just eh, eh, 
like, I will yeah, say though, go ahead. Javier. I was gonna say he's probably like the grandfather of that kid from Jurassic Park who gets electrocuted. They're just yeah kind of immune to it. They have like a resistance to it. Yeah. Hey, that kid at Jurassic Park had probably like eight thousand more volts than what he would. It's, it's enough yeah. to stop a T Rex. Like Fair minimum. <laughs> like ten thousand volts, and it takes like hundred and twenty to kill a human. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Poor Timmy. He would have been pink mist. Just yeah. And I mean, at least they had blood coming out of his ears or something. Marv just had like nafro after he was done. Hey, Marv had all kinds of stuff coming out of him. He was all kinds of colors. Give the man a break. I will say, Daniel Stern, the physical comedy, the guy that plays Marv throughout, he's he's fantastic. When he's getting hit in the head with the bricks the second time and he can't talk, he's like... I love Daniel Stern's amazing for the physical comedy. Oh, another good one liner after he falls down, Marv. He's like, Wow, what a hole! Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) or he's like, Harry, I've reached the top, and he goes right down. Which that that hole's big enough, there's no way you look straight ahead and miss it. Like, (laughs) hey, he did it in the first one, so he's true to character. Fair enough. Marv is an idiot, he's a beloved idiot. in the second one, when they have that like seesaw thing that launches uh, Harry yeah. up, smashes a car, basically turns him into a paraplegic or shit. Yeah. And then Kevin comes out with his little uh, Polaroid camera. So cute. And he's like, smile. And Marv takes a second to like smile yeah. for the camera. <laughs> when he asks after the first picture, when they're just breaking in, he first throws the, the rock through the glass and he's like, do I, would I, did I look good in the picture? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot about the uh, the the seesaw launch him in the air, where Marv would have to be like six times my size to launch Joe Pesci that high in the air. Yeah, Dude, they, yeah, they launched him so high, and he obliterated that car. Yeah, it caves the whole car in. Yeah, it's total yeah. loss. Yeah, you'd have to fall off the top of that building to even come close to doing that much damage. Any other traps? Oh, this isn't a trap, but one thing that kind of threw me off of the second movie is there was like a lot of obsession with like this little kid, right? So you've got like the concierge who was just like creeping on this kid, like going into this hotel room. He's convinced this kid's like by himself. So just being real weird. At one point, he's walking through New York at night and there's like a pair of hookers who are like, they're like, you need someone to read you a good night story. That's weird. That's that's a lot of a lot creepy New Yorkers, right? Fucking New York. Speaking (laughs) of New York, so and we've talked a lot about the second one, but it's just because the first one's such a classic. But New Yorkers, all the shit that's getting banged around in that brownstone during the the trap scene, New Yorkers would have been burning that fucker to the ground in the middle of the night. That much noise coming out of it. Like, unless that whole street is empty, they're gonna, everybody's coming out to go and at least go, what the hell's going on over here? So here's the other thing. This might be a little insensitive, but if my one of my siblings went missing and I was on vacation in Florida, like I wouldn't just hang out in the hotel room and watch yeah. Spanish soap operas, right? Like, I, I, like what, what can I do, right? Like, the kid's missing, like... What are you going to do? Exactly. And then they're like, he's in New York. I'm like, great, so you guys are going to run to New York and grab him and we're going to like... I'm going to go to Disney World. Right. (laughs) So for a family of just absolute inconsiderate dicks, like they sure are like banded together, you know, to go find Kevin. Well, and on that point, like one of the funnier, I was talking about Buzz in the first one when they're sitting in France or whatever. And one of the sisters is like, you're not worried about Kevin, that something might happen to Kevin. And Buzz, one of my favorite lines from him, he's like, no, for three reasons, which he fucks. (laughs) 
fucks up the way that he yeah. does this, right? He's all, A, I'm not that lucky. Two, we use smoke detectors. And D, we live on the most boring street in the whole United States of America where nothing even remotely dangerous will ever happen, period. <laughs> and for no other reason, like the line, like A, and then two, and then D, like you completely... It's not even the third letter of the alphabet. <laughs> hey, Buzz has got issues. We all saw the picture of his girlfriend. Fair enough. I thought you were talking about the poster. I'm like, that's not his girlfriend. That's when Kevin's like, Buzz's girlfriend. Woof. And I do love that they the ending of the first one when Buzz like sees his room. Kevin, what did you do to my room? And then they try to make it realistic in the second one. Like I could see that happening in the first one. The second one, though, the dad in a hotel where he's like a quarter mile away in the park talking to the and he hears him yelling in the hotel room. Like, wait, what? I thought the bill was going to be more expensive, to be honest. Yeah. Of course, oh, in 90, 1990. I missed that. Well, how much was the bill? $967 and some change. That's a lot. But you saw how much ice cream that dude ingested, man. He pounded that in number one with like More massive pieces. marshmallows. And then in number two, he has that like butler guy basically feeding him almost. And this guy's just got to be like just one kid with just a crap ton of ice cream. Dude, at what point as a parent are you like, okay, we forgot you, like, we should have been more responsible, like, we'll just call it even because we were bad parents, you're a bad kid, let's just call it a wash. And do you crucify this kid in front of your house for (laughs) all the money that he spent on his vacation? Well, the other part that bothers me is these people are obviously not hurting for money like they're taking the extended family to france in the first one yeah even in 1990 that's an expensive ass flight for what was it like 15 people and then you got a hotel in france you got all the stuff you're going to do in france there's money there the second one they're going to florida again taking all of these people to florida the house is extremely nice they have money and he loses his shit over a thousand dollar food bill you just got your kid back dude quit your bitch about your thousand dollar food bill if i'd have been him think about i wish i would have gotten lost as like as a teenager and been able to stay in the plaza hotel in a suite like that i'd have been dead from alcohol poisoning and the bill would have been six grand just for the booze (laughs) i want to call out we talked we're talking about their family there's a a lot of fan theories out there that they think kevin's dad is like a mid-level like mob boss oh i believe it huh i heard that he was like a stockbroker like a finance guy when his brother's rich too because I don't care how the disarray of that brownstone in New York, the size of that brownstone in New York, that's a huge, that's like millions of dollars just to buy that shit. Yeah. That's not a cheap house in New York, especially that close to the park. Dude, that's yeah. Central Park views. Oh my God. That's that family has money and it's got to be old money too. Yeah, but like, oh, you would have to be mega rich for a thousand dollars to not like irk you a little bit, right? Like yeah, a lot of rich people, they get rich because they're they're frugal with their money. That's true. Millionaire Next Door. It's a great book. You should read it. No, I definitely agree. But I also think if I'm rich enough that I'm taking my wife's family on my vacations with me, I'm not going to worry about a thousand bucks. Yeah, but on the other side of it, you already spent thousands of dollars and your idiot son you just spent went a thousand more. In a span of a year, because it's a year apart, you just went to France and back just because Kevin wasn't there. And then you went to Miami and right back to, to home because you're to New York. And then you knew you were going home after that. So me, I'd be like, you know what? $967, Kevin is dead. But thank goodness, <laughs> Duncan brought all those presents because otherwise I'd be like, I ain't paying for that crap. 
crap. Like I like how at the end there's this like family moment where they get Kevin back and it's all hunky dory and you got like Christmas feels. And then in the second one right after that, they're like, look at all this stuff. Yeah. And they like come in and they're making it all about this big like, look how much free stuff we got. <laughs> I just thought that that was kind of weird. Thought the present like, ruin your family world. moment. That's yeah. the that's the spirit of Christmas, dude. That's what Christmas is all about. <laughs> how much stuff. Uh, Duncan gave right. back because he he defended his turf. He's like, I better show up and show out for this little nine-year-old. Well, and then Buzz like gives this like heartfelt speech of he gets to open the first present because he's the only reason we got all these presents, but everybody go ahead. And he doesn't even get to open the present first. <laughs> they should have continued the movie on because that would have been a chaotic present opening session because oh, there was yeah. no gifts for a particular person. Like fighting would have happened. Civil war, dude. Well, and then if I'm the parents, I'm pissed because now I got to ship all this shit back to Chicago. <laughs> Wait, you're going to have to drive. You're going to have to run a van and go with that. Uh, the, yeah, call the, the Pokey King. Yeah. <laughs> Poke, Poke. Call John Candy. All right, boys, we're ready to rate these movies. Actually, yeah, first, no. before we do that, which one wins? Home Alone 1 or Home Alone 2? One. Get one vote for one. Yeah, one. Two votes yeah, for one. I think if I'm going like over complete watchability, I'm going with one. If I had to say which pranks I like more, I'm probably going to because when I watch this with my nephews, they just lose their minds in number two, but number one. <laughs> Number one for me as well. I think just because it's just a classic, man. I would probably never have watched two again if we hadn't been doing it for this. But I do love one. Let's go ahead and rate them individually. If you haven't listened to us before, we rate on a zero to five scale. Zero being the worst movie ever made. Five being an absolute perfect movie. Let's jump right in. Javier, why don't you start us off, sir? Okay. So I'm going to give uh, I'm gonna give Home Alone 1 a three and a half. It's overall... Not a good movie, to be honest. If we're being <laughs> we're being objective about this, pretty bad movie. But it's like a tradition. I watch this. I watch the first one every year. Also, I watch a Charlie Brown Christmas every year. Mm, so that yeah. sucks. I like that movie. Jeez, I like Charlie Brown. <laughs> um, and so yeah, I'm gonna give that one a three and a half. I'm gonna give the second one like a two and a half. Two. I'm gonna give it a two. It's worse. I don't know how to describe it. Like, you know how like Home Alone 1 is just like objectively a bad movie? Like Home Alone 2 is just as bad, like objectively, you know, but but it's also worse like in every other way. <laughs> so my point of this is if you want to watch Home Alone, watch Home Alone 1. Like that's the good one. And if you want to spice things up, watch Equalizer. And if you want to know, <laughs> or if you're looking for a still a Christmas movie that's like Home Alone, watch Die Hard. You know, there's a lot of options before you get to Home Alone 2. Ian. So my younger self probably would have given Home Alone 1 like a four, but I struggled watching it and the upgrown up self was, I'm going to go with three for Home Alone 1. And then for Home Alone 2, I think I'm more eating at a 1.5 and watching Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I get it. For me, Home Alone just has such a nostalgic feel for me because I was about the same age as Kevin when it came out. It came out in 90, so I was nine years old when this would have come out, almost 10. So I love this movie in that there's a lot of nostalgia in it for me. When objectively, Javier's not wrong, you're not wrong. It's not a great movie, but I also think that it was really cool that they tried to plug in some moral things and there's really funny movie, very unbelievable on both fronts, but I, I did enjoy them and I still enjoy Home Alone 1. Like I still giggle especially at like some of the better humor, like the pizza guy using the movie with that 
a lot of that stuff really the santa claus moment where he meets with the fake santa claus like that movie that part still makes me laugh out loud like where the santa tries to put it back on the beard back on his face and throw his cigarette away and he's freaking <laughs> out like i really enjoy that part so home alone one I, i'm gonna give it a three and a half i really do enjoy it home alone two for me because it's a carbon copy in new york but does have some extreme pranks which are fun to watch because they're so out there but at the same time like i just feel like it, it's it was a money grab because they knew it was going to make money and they upped the stakes, which is cool, but it's just not a great movie to me. So I'm going to be with, I'm going to go with the end. I'm going to give it a one and a half. So three and a half, one and a half for me. I'll watch Home Alone 1 and anytime somebody wants to watch it because I'll giggle. Home Alone 2, I will probably not ever watch again. Matson, bring us home, my friend. If both of you, either of you know this or our listeners, who is the composer for both of these movies? John Williams, baby. Uh, that's something we haven't talked about. The music and both these oh, movies. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah, all that and then rocking around the Christmas tree and everything like they To me, they really use music well and they, they infuse it into the story, um, which I really like about both of these movies but i'll, I'll be quicker here so I, gotta pause you real quick. I do i want to pause you because i want to tell you that i love that you bring that up matson because i was playing some video games with some friends while i was watching these movies and home alone one was on and just the score it wasn't like a christmas song it was just the score mm-hmm. from john williams and one of the guys i was playing with goes he heard through my mic the, the music and he goes who's watching home alone and that's the yeah. only thing he heard that's a, that's a marketing really of a yeah that, that, for real so just wanted to bring that up outside of everything everyone's already said home alone one is a, a better story overall it's more of a believable i think it's just better because it's the first one like jay just said number two although outlandish and slapstickish it's fun if you watch it with like your nieces or nephews or younger kids if you're an adult number two just doesn't have the staying power because you're watching the same thing over again so for that i'm gonna give home alone as a christmas movie is is probably my if not my favorite, it's tied for my favorite Christmas movie along with The Christmas Story. I'm going to give it a 3.5. I'm going to give Home Alone 2 a 2. All right. There it is. And I would I would watch both again. I always watch these because I'm around little people. <laughs> Fair enough. No, it is a lot of fun to watch with kids, especially ones I haven't seen it before because they do. Yeah, they they've do never seen it before. It is either one. It's it's a good moment because then you start laughing because the anticipation of what's about to happen. Recommend yeah. doing that. And they just giggle. So they just laugh so hard at all of that slapstick shit. So a lot of fun to watch with them so i agree with you i agree with you there's our verdict and our arbitration sounds like uh, we know that home alone one wins as far as the better one to watch so this christmas season pick that up at least watch that one especially if you got little kids around the house it'll be a nice fun evening for you free from all the stress and all that shit of life just because it's it's entertaining check us out next week we finally got a new movie gerard butler Greenland coming out. So that'll be exciting on streaming. That'll hit the 21st. So next Monday. Matt, so why don't you tell everybody where they can find us? Yeah, check us out at whatsourverdict.com. Find us on most actively on Facebook and Instagram at What's Our Verdict. Don't forget to check out our What's Our Verdict TV podcast as well. I mean, you can find us both TV and movies on Apple, Spotify, Ghana, Stitcher, and a lot of other places as well. Appreciate you listening. Yeah, Woo. thanks for listening, guys. Excited for next week. We're excited for this one. It was a great fun review. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye now. Bye.